This is the Mo Money Podcast with your host, Jessica Morehouse. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Mo Money Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Very excited to introduce my next guest, Roger Whitney from The Retirement Answer Man. He is a podcaster like myself. He is also a CFP, CWA, AIF, XYZ. He is everything. He is the go-to expert when it comes to retirement planning. And I'm very excited to talk to him about retirement. It's a a topic that I think is so important, but a lot of us, uh, especially millennials, don't necessarily think about it until later on in life when really we should be starting to think about it right now. I know we are more focused on paying down our student debt, our consumer debt, and uh, saving for you know perhaps our first place, but retirement planning should really start as early as possible. And we talk about retirement not in the kind of traditional sense of, you know, you want to save X amount of money so you can retire at 65 and then, you know, just, you know, paint outside or go on cruises and play shuffleboard. We talk uh, about retirement in a a couple different ways, which is really great. There's, you know, you can do mini retirements. You don't necessarily have to go the traditional route. Um, But yeah, so we we talk about that. We talk about Roger's story, which is very interesting. There is a reason why he is so passionate about helping others learn about retirement. And we get into all of that great stuff right now. Thank you, Roger, for joining me on the show. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited to talk about retirement. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an exciting topic. It is. Well, maybe some people don't think so, but I, I, I personally do. I've always had the mindset, honestly, since I've been in my early 20s and started getting an interest in personal finance, that retirement has always been such a important thing. Like It's always been my major goal at the end of the day, like why I save, why I try not to get into debt. And why I'm smart with uh, investing or try to be anyway is because at the end of the day, I want to be able to not just retire when I want to retire, but have a good retirement. Okay. So you're a little bit weird then. I know. I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. But (laughs) Um, yeah, (laughs) that's fair. But anyways, I know lots of people probably aren't like me. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, most people probably aren't as interested in retirement, you know, at 23 like I was. But still, I think it's, it's such an important topic to discuss, especially um, something that millennials probably don't think about. I know lots of my friends who are my age are more concerned about paying off debt and saving for a house and, and doing all those things. And retirement is kind of last on the bucket. But we will get to all of that soon. But first, I want to kind of talk about you a bit. Um, I would love to know how you kind of got started in personal finance and then retirement planning and how you started your career and how it's evolved. Oh, definitely. Uh- I started my career like everybody in the financial industry historically has started their career. They they start trading stocks and they're salespeople mm-hmm. and trying to get clients the traditional way. And I did that what 1990s, so there I'm aging myself right there. <laughs> um, and it was a great time if you were trying to gain clients and trade stocks because we were in the big tech boom. Mm-hmm. And I made a lot mm-hmm. of money and I thought I was really smart and I wasn't. And <laughs> about in 1998, I realized, you know, this – isn't who I am. This isn't what my spirit is, what my core competency is. So I went through this whole transitionary period after I'd quote unquote grown up Mm -hmm. of blowing up that kind of business because it wasn't really who I was. 
and becoming a certified financial planner and rebuilding, basically having to start over in terms of walking life with people and trying to serve in a much deeper deeper level. So Mm -hmm. I went through that transition and during that transition, because I still hadn't grown up, I almost bankrupted our family. And then, uh, and then, but, you know, blessed that it actually worked out. And now we are a firm of about 13 people. I have two business partners and all I focus on is walking life with people and making smart financial decisions. And generally, you know, retirement answer, man, I'm dealing with people from 50 to 60 or 65, Mm -hmm. thinking of that transitionary period. That's amazing. And so since just kind of uh, thinking, how would what you do be different than if someone like walked into a bank and asked for like a financial planner? Well, that's the real hard part on the consumer end is because there is no clear definitions. A lot, most people Mm -hmm. in our business are technically salespeople. They earn commissions Mm -hmm. and they don't operate as a fiduciary, which is, you know, just basically a fancy Mm -hmm. word that says, a fiduciary legally has to work in your best interest mm-hmm. and disclose all conflicts. Most people that earn commissions don't have that standard of care. So it's really hard for anybody to walk into a bank or to a brokerage firm or any kind of firm and know what, how this person is operating, and what level mm-hmm. of care, or what their competency is. So it's a really difficult thing. In the U.S., we're having that big debate right now about a fiduciary standard and how deep it should go. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a questionnaire. I have a retirement learning center where it has a questionnaire that if you're looking to hire a financial advisor, it's a great questionnaire to use to interview them. Yeah, I actually saw that on your website. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> you actually have a lot of great resources on your website. I'll make sure to link to uh, some of them in my show notes because, yeah, you got a whole bunch of great stuff going on there. But that question is a really important point because – If you go down the wrong path, you can either get incompetent advice, whether it was intentional or not, or just advice that really wasn't in your best interest. And then that can really sort of taint you in terms of your view of talking to someone to help you work through some of these decisions. So it's really important to interview them and be a little bit more formal about it so you get the right person, not just your uncle's buddy or somebody like that. Absolutely. And I know that's a kind of a fear of a lot of people is they're, they want to better themselves and get the help they need in terms of financial planning, but they're also afraid that the person's going to steer them wrong, make poor decisions. So it's really important to yeah ask those questions and make sure you are working with someone who does have your best interests at heart. Oh, totally, totally. Absolutely. So um, you've been in the business for s- decades, I'm assuming, like quite, 25 a, quite a long time. years. Okay, you know your stuff. A long time. <laughs> I'm still I'm old, but not old enough that I can't remember how long it's been. <laughs> That's good. That's a good sign. Um, w- one question I had is, you know, you kind of specialize in retirement planning. What goes? What does that entail exactly? Because I feel like most people, when they think of retirement planning, they may just think of putting money into an investment and it'll grow over the next thirty years, and then they'll and that's kind of it. But there's there's more to that, obviously. Uh, there's a lot more to that, and I hate the word retirement. Uh huh. You know, okay. If you look at the definition of retirement, basically it means to withdraw or put away from active use, right? Hmm. Which, well, that doesn't sound like a great life. 
No. But it, <laughs> <laughs> it does not. <laughs> so in it when, the same steps that you take to work through that transition into retirement really are the exact same steps that anybody at any time would take to manage their financial life. Uh, which sounds a little bit weird, but it's true. So if you think of it, you know, just now, you, how old are you, Jessica? That's really, I'm 29. That's a rude question to ask a lady. It is, but it's okay. It's, I put it out there. I put it out there. So it's fine. People can Google it, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm 49. Well, there you and go. And we are, both of us are still trying to make the same decision when we're thinking about our money and our life. And mm-hmm. then think of it like a teeter-totter. Remember teeter-totters? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... We on one end of the teeter totter is how we're living today. This is our life, right? How you know mm-hmm. what we're doing, how much we're enjoying, what kind of house we're buying, what kind of lifestyle we're living, and we want to maximize that because this is today, right? And we don't mm-hmm. tomorrow is not guaranteed. Well, the other end of that teeter totter is we got to plan for the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years to make sure we're okay on that end of the teeter totter. Mm-hmm. And so Every decision that we make is sort of balancing those two things of living as well as we can today without sacrificing our tomorrow. Now, some people are all in for today and their you know, their teeter totter is totally lopsided and they're not even thinking mm-hmm. about tomorrow, right? Yeah. And then, there, but there are a lot of people that are so intentional and conscious and worried about tomorrow that they forget to live the life that they have right now. Mm-hmm. So there's a balance between. All of those. And from a financial perspective, it's how do you make decisions to find that balance between where you're at today and those obligations you know you may have tomorrow? Absolutely. And I think that's definitely something I've been trying to focus more on this year is finding that balance of, you know, living more in the moment, enjoying every single day, but also being smart so I can have a good tomorrow. And it's really important. And my story and a reason I approach it that way much more than I think most is my mom lived that journey. So my Mm -hmm. mom was a single mother, raised myself and my two older sisters, and she sacrificed all of her life working for tomorrow because she had all these obligations. And I can remember we would have these active discussions when I was in college and I was young. So I was like, live for today. And she was (laughs) responsibility. No, I will enjoy my life later. Mm -hmm. Well, that later never came to her. She died when she was 48. And so Mm -hmm. she, her teeter totter was way overbalanced one direction. So that is really a sad thing. So mm-hmm. I think it's important that, yeah, we got to worry about tomorrow. We got to worry about the future, but we still have to make sure that we're, we're having a full life today. So that's a lot of how the process that I've developed and how do you do that? How do you balance all that stuff? Mm-hmm. How do you balance all of that stuff? Do you have the answer, right. Mr. Answer that's Man? That's a big question. <laughs> well, the answer, the, well, the, the first answer is whether it's in the markets or in your life or in the economy or here in the U.S., the election – uh, you can't figure it out. It is fundamentally unknowable. So when you go to a financial planner or somebody like that, the person you should run from is somebody that has all the answers because there aren't answers. So, you know, and that's a big issue in my mind with normal investing and retirement planning is we have these super smart people that have amazing degrees and they're going to tell you what it's going to look like next year or the year after. Well, that's, that's fundamentally unknowable. That's a horrible value proposition. So I think the first step is to really acknowledge, hey, I have no clue what's going to happen. 
not just in the world, but in my life. I mean, you're 29 and I imagine your life has taken, you know, you moved from Vancouver to mm-hmm. Toronto. That was probably something you never contemplated earlier in your life. Absolutely. So I think once you acknowledge and truly accept that the, the future is unknowable, that's a really cool thing, whether you're 29, mm-hmm. 49, or 69, because now you can get to the business of having a process to manage through those uncertainties and just have all those little conversations so you can make lots of little adjustments as your life unfolds. And it- yeah, you, you mentioned that. Sorry, uh, I just watched the video that was on your website and you talked about how it's so important to have those little conversations instead of having one big conversation, which is usually overwhelming and doesn't really do any good. Exactly. You're so- usually too late if it's a big conversation. Mm-hmm. And that goes with how you manage your money, your relationships, how you're doing in your job, <laughs> whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if the co- boss calls you into the office and it's a big conversation, you probably should have worked on that before it got to that point, right? Yeah. Or the same thing with a marriage. You know, if, if your wife or your husband has to have a big conversation with you, that's probably not a good thing. Nope. <laughs> Never is. <laughs> <laughs> I've been married 25 years. Trust me. I know. I try to avoid those. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the way you avoid those in your financial life is to, well, we know we can't figure out the future. We've already established that. So have the right little conversation so as your life unfolds professionally and cash flow wise, you can, you can make little adjustments before it gets to be a big issue. Or mm-hmm. as the markets unfold, you can make little adjustments to pivot when you need to and make all these little adjustments so you never have to have those big conversations. So it's really a a process-based approach rather than trying to forecast and figure it all out. And it's sort of freeing in sometimes because in some ways, because it takes all the burden off of you having to read tons of articles to figure out what the heck's going on in the world or even worrying about your life. It's more trusting that the path will be revealed as you're walking your your journey in life and it's your job just to sit there and make sure you're making the little choices along the way and that's pretty cool absolutely and i think that's an amazing way that's just such great advice just life advice like i'm going to tell my little sister this because she's kind of having her freak out she has a one semester left in university and then she graduates and she's like what do i do now i don't know how to you know i don't know what life is outside of school and i think yeah i think i'm just gonna tell her it's like you know just enjoy the journey just do as best you can you're not gonna it's not gonna be a big reveal after you graduate be like and here's what real life in the real world is you enjoy the club here's the here's the secret right yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know. I've been out of school for several years and I'm still every day. It's a new day. Hey, <laughs> you know? I'm 49 and my year, my word for this year is trust, which mm-hmm. is exactly about this because I'm waiting for the sign from God of what my life is supposed to be or I'm waiting for everything to be revealed. And I, and I, got, I have to just trust that the path mm-hmm. will be revealed as I walk it. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I want to get to a few, since you do uh, deal with a lot of questions uh, in terms of retirement, I'm very curious, what are some of the most common questions you get? What is my number? How, oh, really? how much money do I need to have? Yeah, that's true. A lot of people yeah. uh, definitely want to know that. And, there- and is there, uh, is there a, a proper answer for that? Or is it again, like, well, we don't know, but we can give you some Ideas. Well, there's this thing with the, us humans in that when there is something we don't understand or comprehend, we have this, and I'm sure a psychologist or psychiatrist could tell us what the proper terms are. There's this, there's this 
uncomfortableness in our, there's this conflict in our head that we feel like we have to get resolved, mm-hmm. right? They say that about snakes. The reason people get all freaked out about snakes or spiders is because when you watch them move, our minds don't really get it, mm-hmm. the, the way they move. So we're a little freaked out by it. And I think retirement mm-hmm. and what our number is, is the same thing. So yeah, we can't figure it out. And there are mar- the problem is there are a lot of marketing campaigns telling you that they can figure it out. And by buying that, you, you resolve that conflict in your head. Yeah. So that is one of the biggest myths is it's not a number. And the reason it's not a number is a couple things. One is we don't know when we're going to die. Mm-hmm. We don't know what our lifestyle or the markets are going to do. But even more importantly, the reason there is no number is because if you focus on the number, then it becomes only a savings and investing uh, solution, mm-hmm. right? You know, in fact, the 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 foundation of financial planning is, you know, if you look at and I used to teach the retirement process for the CFP, which you have in, mm-hmm. you have in Canada, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to teach the retirement process for candidates for the CFP, and it was like, you know, build a relationship, identify assets, identify their goals, and then tell them what the number is, and then tell them how much they're more they're going to have to save to hit that number, or how much they're going to have to sacrifice or adjust their goals so the number isn't is not as big. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason it's not a number. And it's a very dangerous thing to go by because what will happen is you're going to bust your butt to try to hit this number that may be astronomical because of life expectancy and the, and the lifestyle. I mean, you, you're, you're mm-hmm. forecasting out decades. Mm-hmm. And your life is much more multidimensional than saving and investing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't like the number because you can manage how you live your lifestyle. You can accept that you can create alter- alternate cash flows in your life, whether that's mm-hmm. rental income, side businesses, passive type of businesses, things that can extend well beyond quote unquote retirement. And that can really go a long way into being part of the solution. Absolutely. And when me and my husband talk about what we kind of envision our retirement, we always kind of laugh and be like, I don't know if I am ever going to retire. Just that, well, my husband's a freelancer and he loves what he does. And, you know, I've got, uh, you know, several different streams of income and side businesses. And I love being busy and doing all that. I may retire from like a desk job, but I don't know if I'll ever just the whole idea of, all right, I'm 65 and I'm done here. And just like hanging out at home watching TV that drives me crazy. It's like, I think I'll always have something on the go. And I think lots of people don't really even consider, oh, I could still work, but not maybe the nine to five. I think you're dead on there, Jessica. And you know what the secret is? Mm-hmm. The, the, the baby boomers that are retiring or moving towards retirement, they think they want the retirement, the picture you mentioned yeah. on you know two couples walking on the beach or playing mm-hmm. golf or sitting in a bathtub. They think they want that because that's what they've been fighting their whole life to get to. Mm-hmm. And in my experience working with clients, by far the people that do retire, they end up working or doing something because they are still active. They're still highly educated. They still have gas in the tank and they want to be engaged. Mm-hmm. So the sooner you realize you know, retirement is not just simply walking on the beach. It's really 
more about having more freedom and control in your in your life in terms of your schedule and how mm-hmm. you design it. Exactly. Well, I don't know. This just comes to mind. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It just came out, I think, maybe a year ago called The Intern. But it was Robert De Niro. He'd been retired for several years and then his wife passed away. And he just had – he was bored. He was retired and he was bored. And so he actually takes on this free internship just to feel useful and be around people. And you know, it's a nice story and he has a great time and everyone loves him. That's and I'm like, yeah, that's totally what I'll do. <laughs> right. So if you think about you and your husband or a lot of your listeners – if mm-hmm. you accept, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm 49. In, in my mind, my mantra is screw the word retirement. I'm just going to create a life I don't want to retire from. Exactly. I love that. And I'm 49. So if you think of you and your husband and your listeners, the more you accept that on the front end, that really empowers you because now you get to start to noodle on early on, how do I do that? What are the decisions I make even now to start to position myself to have more margin or freedom in my life? And that could start at 39, 49, 59. And it becomes a lot, not just about savings and investing, and that's an important piece of it, but it becomes about entrepreneurship. It becomes about lifestyle choices. It becomes about a lot of things. And it will ultimately, from a dollar and cent standpoint, cause you not to have to build as big a nest egg because you're not just relying on the nest egg. And every dollar you don't have to save in a retirement account or some other taxable investment account, that money, you know, the opportunity the money, that money is now free to buy you more lifestyle now, to invest in yourself, to to give to charity. It buys you, it helps balance that teeter totter more. Mm-hmm. And now you can go too far, but if you follow a good process you really can create a pretty cool life. Absolutely. And there's also another thing that I feel like um, not many people are doing yet, but I feel like it may be more popular in my generation is the idea of not just retiring once at like 65 or 70, but having kind of mini retirements throughout your life. I mean, there's been several points in my life where I kind of just want to quit my job and travel around the world for a year and then come back to real life and, and, you know, start working again. And I feel like a lot of people I know have that idea as well. It's like, well, why do I have to wait? to travel around the world when I'm 65, why don't I do it now and then go back to working? Yes, I have a, I have a client, a good friend and client, who we, we actually have done that oh, uh, yeah? uh, three or four times. He's a little about my age. He's about 50. And his the way we've structured his plan is every five years he quits his job. Mm-hmm. And he's a very high-level executive at public companies, so you know, very accomplished. Mm-hmm. But every five years he quits his job and takes 18 months off to mm-hmm. be with his, you know, he has two daughters who are in their teens now, but at crucial ages for his kids. And then they travel, they go to Costa Rica, they go lots of different places. And then he goes, finds a new job. Mm-hmm. Now that is a, I, and I think it's a beautiful plan. And mm-hmm. so think of, okay, what are the decisions or the things you have to do to position yourself to do that? Then, then that, if you really want to do that, now it's, okay, what's the process to position myself to be able to do those types of things? And that's the kind of planning people should be doing, not just simply where the, where's the market going next, next year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, one uh, thing I'm wondering, because you do get a lot of questions, have you gotten any super weird or super bizarre question about retirement? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sure you have. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Super, I, I, uh, holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, the super weird or super bizarre questions I guess I get more are people that are just trying to game the system enough. I mean, I see oh, yeah. usually they involve investment opportunities that mm-hmm. it's like they sound great on the, the front end, but they're like, why are we trying to bend ourselves into a pretzel to accomplish this? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like junk food. You know, I think of investing like junk food. You know, you want to invest in investments, not investment products as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And some of the investment products that are manufactured to meet a specific need of whether it's worried about risk or worried about, uh, you know, you know, losing money. It's like, man, all you're doing is paying a lot more fees and they never work out well in my experience. Yeah. So I don't think yeah. that's as weird or kooky as you as you can as you're probably hoping for, but uh, people end up making it a lot more complicated than they need to. So it's kind of keep it simple is kind of the it's always a gr- good rule of thumb I'd say in almost any area of your life. So I feel like I've disappointed you on kookiness and that's okay. It's okay so. if you think of something, please email me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I'll share I'll it. That. I'll do that. <laughs> um, okay, so we're kind of wrapping up. One thing I would love to know, since you are an expert with millennials like myself, who, you know, I have always kind of been pretty conscious of retirement, but lots of people in my life who are my age are more concerned about paying off their student loan and then eventually like buying a condo or a house and just kind of finally getting the first taste of financial freedom and not drowning in debt. But because of that, lots of people are not talking or thinking about retirement. What would you what kind of pieces of advice would you give to millennials so they can be more prepared and educated? Okay, number one is control lifestyle creep. Mm-hmm. And it's an insidious, quiet thief that comes into your life as you start to transition to earning more and more money. Mm-hmm. And I know this from, I know this painfully from experience. When you're done paying off the debts or you start to make that income and then all of a sudden that income starts to increase. It's very easy to treat yourself. I mean, you went through school, you went through paying off all this debt. You can finally just, you know, exhale and enjoy what's going on. Well, lifestyle creep will build over time. It never stops. And Mm -hmm. the people that I see on my end, I was meeting with a gentleman the other day, He's 57 and lives a very nice lifestyle. He's had a huge income, but unfortunately, he didn't save any of it. And now he's in a transitionary period with work, and he's 57, trying to figure out work, didn't save enough mm-hmm. money. You, know, it will, you won't pay for it on the front end. You'll always say you're going to do it tomorrow. So that's big time number one. Control your, li- your lifestyle creep. Doesn't mean you don't enjoy yourself, but do it intentionally. Yep. And then secondly... Get that money away from you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's what I do. I just, it's like, because I love gadgets. I mm-hmm. always need a gadget. Get that money away from you before you ever see it, whether that's in a retirement account or in a separate account, in a taxable account. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, that's imperative. And number three, yeah, I, got, I got, probably got 30 of these. Number three. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> number three is... The best investment you can make at a millennial age is in yourself. Yes. So I think of what you're, you're really running yourself like a business. So you want me to go through this? You got time? 
Yeah, okay. yeah, I got time. Okay. okay, so here here's the basic financial plan that everybody should follow. Okay, you are mm-hmm. the business of you. So step one, what are we in the business of in Jessica's life? Okay, so she mm-hmm. has long term retirement plans because she's a geek. But mm-hmm. for most yeah. people, retirement. I don't even know what the heck that means when I'm 49, much less when I would be 29. So it has to be something you actually care about, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, have these long-term goals to where you want your life to go to, but then zoom, zoom in a little bit. And what I like to do is set short-term sprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call them smart sprints in no longer than a year that are focused on those, you know, in the direction of those long-term goals, but they're a little bit more meaningful. You want to set three smart sprints every year. One in your professional life. How do I invest in my professional life to improve my prospects? That could be having lunch with the boss. That could be more education. That could be networking within the industry. That could be exploring side hustles or entrepreneurial things. Invest in you. And if it takes a little bit of money, that's a great investment. Because mm-hmm. you will be the engine of your wealth creation. The second area you want to invest in, in the SMART Sprint, you want to have SMART as an acronym for goals. You can look it up on the internet. Oh, yeah. I'm all, I'm all about yeah, SMART goals you this were. year. Love, love it. So the second SMART Sprint you want to have is in your personal life. You know, in mm-hmm. your relationships. You know, whether it's with friends, loved ones, your spouse, whoever else it is. You want to have a SMART Sprint in your relationships, because those are key. You want to screw up your financial life? Get divorced when you're 55, mm-hmm. right? You want to, and mm-hmm. plus, just from a, net, a network, you want to invest in the right people around you. And then lastly, you want to have a smart sprint to invest in yourself. You should probably put that one first, because if you're not healthy, everything else sort of falls apart. And that, Absolutely. And that could be physically, mentally, emotionally, but... If you do those, they're nice and actionable, and then you get rewards in the fact that you've reached these. But I think those are three key areas that you need to invest in yourself. Absolutely. And, and just a, as an example, the investing in yourself when, you know, we did, me and my husband moved to Toronto, you know, one thing I did want to do kind of a career switch. And I mean, at the time we were both unemployed looking for work. It was a struggle, but I made the decision to go back to school. There was a certificate program in digital marketing and that was the area that I wanted to find a job in. And I was really nervous to pay a couple thousand dollars for this education, especially when I had already spent thousands of dollars in a degree. But I'm like, you know what? I don't think, I think this will be a good investment. Investment if I if it leads to a job, which it eventually did. Yeah. It, it's never easy making those decisions, especially when you're like, well, it's a lot of money, and can I really afford it? But I don't know. It's I, I never think education is a bad thing unless it's you know you're just taking doing a bunch of degrees that yeah. won't really go anywhere. <laughs> the key there is it has to have a business purpose. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of times it's just avoidance behavior, but it needs yeah. to have a business purpose behind it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to listen to this episode over again and make some notes, put them in the show notes because you gave some really valuable information. You bet. Uh, It was great. And um, I have a six shot Saturday with six weekly tips that I send out every single week that are very quick and action oriented. So I I can easily share those with your audience if you want me to. Absolutely. That sounds great. Yeah, all you have to do is text the words six shot, S-I-X-S-H-O-T, just as one word, 
to the number 33444 and then you'll sign up for it and you'll get it. It comes out every Saturday morning. It's really quick and actionable things on how to plan better and be more intentional to create a great life. Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Jessica. You're welcome. And that was episode 43 with Roger Whitney. Make sure to check out his podcast called The Retirement Answer Man. Uh, He also has an awesome blog with great resources, more about retirement. Check it out at rogerwhitney.com. Also check out the show notes for this episode. I'm going to include a lot of uh, his resources and links to some uh, great episodes that he's done and blog posts. So make sure to go to jessicamorehouse.com slash 43. Before I wrap up, I have a few more iTunes reviews that I want to give shout outs for. Thank you so much for leaving me some reviews. I really appreciate it. And here are some of my newest reviews. The first review I have is from Blink Twice, and uh, these are from my American friends. Thank you, everyone from America. I love you. Um, This review is from Blink Twice. They say, a lot of people think they break down personal finance for the everyday person, but they don't. They don't seem to understand that some people are just starting on their financial journey, and they don't understand all of the lingo yet. Jessica helps you understand concepts in terms that anyone can understand. Thank you, Jessica. I am a recent listener, but have gone back and listened to your archive. I've loved them all. You make personal finance knowledge more attainable for the rest of us. I look forward to hearing more. Awesome. That's exactly what I'm going for. So I'm so happy that I'm able to help and make the world of personal finance less complicated because I hate that jargon. So we're on the same page. Uh, Next up is luxury option. The secret to Jessica's success has been revealed. She comes from good stock. The podcast with her grandfather was by far her best and most inspiring interview. Improving with each episode, I'm expecting great things from Jessica Morehouse brand in the future. Thanks, for the work. Thank you. I I really love that episode, obviously, because it's my grandpa and we got to talk about his story and he shared some things with me that I had no idea. Um, make sure to check out the show notes and I'll include a link to that episode at jessicamorehouse.com slash 43. Next up is from Sandra Remedy. Uh, so happy to find a girl talking about finances. She has a great voice and the guest guests have been super informative this podcast is definitely keeping me motivated on my debt-free journey yeah i'm so glad i can help you on your debt-free journey next from jeff wandering i found this podcast because some friends of mine have been guests on the show kate flanders anthony angaro and sarah peterson uh yay uh but after listening to those episodes i downloaded the rest and listened through them all and look forward to new episodes jessica is a positive engaging host who asks wonderfully insightful questions to get the most wisdom out of her guests. I also really enjoy her solo episodes where she shares her behind the scenes personal experience related to life and money. As someone in her uh, his early 30s with multiple college degrees, amount of student debt and passions and ambitions that don't specifically align with the traditional track that I went to school for, it is refreshing to hear the experiences, stories and non-traditional approaches that others have used to pursue the life they really want while being smart with their money. We all know there are others out there struggling with the same things we are, but in the world of personal finance, I was having trouble finding someone I can relate to. However, this podcast has opened up a whole new world to me and has given me practical and actionable advice along with inspiration. Damn, Jeff, you're my favorite. Thank you so freaking much for that review. That's freaking awesome. Uh, Last but not least, one from Harry Campbell. Just tuned in to Jessica's interview with Rob Engen. Awesome to hear how he took his blog from a part-time hobby into a profitable online gig. Loved the interview and we'll be tuning in to more interviews with Jessica for sure. Thank you so much to everyone who left me an iTunes review. And if you listening right now uh, would like to let me know what you think about past episodes, 
this episode, whatever, please leave me in an iTunes review. I will give you a shout out on a future episode and we'll love you forever. Thank you so much for listening again and I'll be back here next Wednesday. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.